This is Seba, the Southern Fried Witch, and this is episode 23 of season two. And today I wanted to get back to talking about something I haven't talked about in at least a year, and that is the whole concept of witchifying every damn thing. And what I mean by that is not forgetting a part of our lives, not forgetting the corners, the corners and the cobwebs and the places under our beds, hypothetically speaking, of where we are not incorporating our truest selves. And as usual, I think it's, um, well, I reckon it's best to start in the garden. (laughs) It always makes the most sense to me. Y'all know, I know I've talked about it before. I'm probably going to talk about it a different way right now, or maybe even the same. I don't know. My memory is starting to go the way of a grandma, but A long time ago, I tried very hard to grow things in a neat, square, lined up space. And I had a little bit of, uh, you know, vegetables and flowers and things of that ilk. I had some response from doing it the proper, clean, very clinical way. But it wasn't until I got with this whole idea of witchifying every damn thing, and that included my garden and my spaces. And the way I interacted with those spaces that something truly magical began to occur out here. And I've always adhered to a more organic way in my craft. You know, if I'm not ready to process something, I may reflect upon it. I may try to work it out, but I don't push. It's uh, not ready to grow. And sometimes things get stunted. So I let what needs to happen happen. I don't pour synthetic fertilizers on that, if you know what I mean. So I don't push past my normal magical boundaries. But tending a garden has always felt very akin to tending me, tending a soul, anything where your love and your energy are specifically attempting to help something else grow and be its best self. Some of the things I stopped doing Well, the first thing I quit, and I remember because it's so ironic, really, the first thing I quit doing was taking down cobwebs. I remember I had an orb weaver that had set up inside of my hot tunnel, and I found a bee buzzing in there, and it took everything I had not to knock it down because, you know, I need those bees. But at the same time, that spider needed to be there as well and brings quite a lot to the garden, too. And if you came into my house these days, we are renovating right now, but if you came in, let's say three years ago, you wouldn't have seen a cobweb in the house. And suddenly I know why witches have cobwebs in their house because I worked through a few things about it and I decided to leave a couple. I mean, they're simple, sweet little house spiders and I know that would freak a lot of people out, but they're doing a job. You know, if a fly gets in our house and we live in the deep south, that spider is catching that fly. So in the bathroom, there's one or two high up on the ceiling and in the very back room before you get to the cellar, there are a few there as well. And no, they don't freak me out. They don't ever seem to come off their web. So 
I just stopped removing things. I stopped worrying so much about what I've been taught and started worrying more about what I've seen to be true. And I think that kind of applied knowledge is very important. You know, we have an outdoor cat. We used to have two male outdoor cats, and that is just not a feasible thing to do out in the country with coyotes and such. And almost lost one of our sweethearts, Waylon. They're just too, well, they just want to run and get into stuff and couldn't do it. But my Tichaba, now she's 10 years old and she doesn't do that. I don't reckon I've seen her with anything in her teeth in years. So I don't worry very much about her. And that's helped quite a lot, you know, because she's not really natural to the outside environment. And nope, she's not. She's a domestic cat. She's not. And her growing out of those years, that was very helpful. Because what I wanted out there were, I wanted snakes. And I I know, I know we're going to get to that. I wanted snakes and I wanted frogs. I wanted anoles and other kinds of lizards. And well, I wanted it all. I wanted it to be as natural of a habitat as possible. Because I just couldn't imagine being magical in a place that wasn't allowed to be magical itself, if that makes any sense. You know, the other day I did find her bopping a little decays, a little decays brown snake on the head. And she was just bopping the crap out of it. And it looked so scared. They're very sweet snakes and they don't tend to be aggressive. And I ran out and I got her and I said, now you stop bopping him on the head. And that decay snake now lives over there in our bearded irises. My son's gone through a little bit of it too. He has had trouble. The only time he's interfered with an orb weaver on our property is when a sweet little anole lizard got up in that. Lizards? Are they salamanders? I don't know. We call them anoles. Got up in that. He couldn't bear it. So he did free the lizard from a spider's web. I mean, I reckon there are exceptions to every rule, but overall, it's been wonderful. I've seen rabbits set up in my high tunnel and I'll let them do it. I let them have their babies. They did not eat all the food as I was told they would do. You know, I just don't feel like we can preach one thing and act a different way. And so I let my land rewild itself and I let these things come back. And yes, it's a bit of a let because, you know, a lot of my farmer friends would not allow that. And I let the mint grow instead of grass. And I did see a mimosa tree the other day that was trying to pop up. We're going to take that down. They are invasive. We don't want that. Altogether, I guess I let my land have its own boundaries. I've got my own because it's a working relationship between the two of us, my land and myself. But I am trying to be a little bit more respectful of what the land spirits need, what they don't like. You know, we all just got to work together on this thing. And it works out. I mean, our farm is um, certified naturally grown organic, and we don't allow any pesticides or anything on the property or insecticides or much of anything. I mean, I don't have a single white garment in my home and I love white, but I can't have one because I can't have bleach. So I don't want bleach on the ground. I'm screwed there. But when I was outside the other day and I've got all this native elderberry, by the way, and I brought it here, Lord, and I didn't realize how it would spread. That's my bad. 
And it's wonderful. I mean, it's feeding the birds. It's fabulous for teas and tinctures. And the leaves are just absolutely glorious. They're kind of purple green. We love them. But the babies were popping up all along the root beds and they were attempting to sort of, I reckon, take over a little bit. And that would have taken over spaces that are meant for other growing things. So we have been removing those babies. I've been giving them away as well. There you have that. But it got me to thinking. It got me to thinking about boundaries again, which I have not revisited since, oh God, when was that? 2019? It's one of the episodes that all y'all love so much, Boundaries for Beautiful Souls. And what I remember feeling when I was doing that was that, okay, now I've got my boundaries in place. But I had a meeting the other night with my tribe, my coven, and... I'm going through a thing. Okay, I'm going through several things. And, uh, you know, I never did like that whole, I'm the priestess of this coven and you will all listen to me kind of thing. I find myself to be one of them. I mean, I need a coven too. (laughs) So if I have trouble, I do turn to them and lean on them right back. And they brought it up to me that, well, it was suggested I revisit my own podcast. And was pointed out to me that I had worked very hard about personal and familial boundary. And that has changed the trajectory of my life. It has made things so much better. I have way less injury. And the relationships I do have are deeper and I reckon a little bit more soulful. So I feel really good about having done that. But they pointed out that I had not yet created them for my professional life. Know for a fact they weren't talking about my podcast because I asked them. I've got those on lock. It's really for the rest of my professional life. I do allow for my boundaries to be crossed in the name of a paycheck. I allow for it often. I can um, think I understand the terms of my job. And for instance, in teaching a course, I will allow overloads. I will spend too much time on Zoom. I will answer way too many phone calls on a Sunday, that sort of thing. And so the issues that I'm having are akin to that. They're not that, but they're akin, where I thought the terms were set, and then, well, someone runs ramshod all over those terms. And then I had to sit down hard last week, exhausted, because I've been working so many hours and so very hard, just honestly to get through And some of the work that I'm doing is not serving my soul very well. In fact, it's uh, having quite the opposite effect. And when I sat down hard, I realized that I had let my boundaries be way, way abused. This is probably one of the biggest decisions I've ever made because I've always found myself to be, you know, well, previously before getting married in 2009, I raised all my babies by myself. And I paid all their bills by myself. And that made me sort of the breadwinner, right? I mean, who else was there? And um, I always prided myself in that. Prided myself in my work ethic. Prided myself that no matter what happened, I was going to make it work and take care of things. I've never had much more than what I needed, but that's okay. But just recently, I've tried to get a little bit past that check to check and taken on too many jobs way too many jobs. And sitting there in that garden, I thought to myself, it'd be like letting about three of my cats out there on the farm 
and let them just pillage all they wanted to. Let them take as much as they wanted, kill everything they saw inside. You know, because I would feel like I was doing the best I could by them. And somewhere in there, all the magic is going to leave. You know, son of a bitch. Sometimes some things are not for sale. I'm very particular about it. I understand some people selling magical things and I get it. And I don't really have a thought or a vote on that. But with me, some things just aren't. And a price is not something I can ascertain for my magic or the work I'm doing. And does that mean I'm going to be in a deep pickle when it comes to money and income? Yeah, it certainly fucking does. But am I going to be able to look myself in the eye? And am I going to be able to feel magical about the work I do? Well, we'll find out because I don't think I can keep this up. And again, I'm not talking about y'all. Wow. A conversation about boundaries when it comes to income and employment. That one's harder, isn't it? That one's way harder. I don't know if y'all have ever done something or worked for something or produced anything or find your words here because you needed the income. And well, I mean, I'm sure you've done that. But also it was antithetical to your spirit and your soul. And you felt like something inside of you was dying because that's kind of where I am. You know, this whole being true to yourself, it means that you have to have boundaries with you. I guess I've imposed boundaries on myself that when I crossed them, I started to not be able to sleep at night and I started to not do the kind of work I needed to do anymore in my community, on the podcast, for anyone. And the advice I keep getting, and I don't mean from people, (laughs) is to just keep forging forward on what I'm comfortable with doing but to literally cleave off everything I'm not comfortable with. And I suppose that sounds fairly idealistic. But at the same time, I kind of get it, you know, because I'm sitting here grappling with a very, very large decision. And I just keep coming back to my land and remembering that when I forced it against everything that was natural and good and magical, it would give me just enough. And when I allowed that land, when I allowed her, when I got out of her way, let's be more real, when I got out of her way and she was able to be what she is, magically speaking, be who she is. Oh, the bounty was crazy. Y'all, we discovered a new mulberry tree today. Oh, okay. To be fair, my son discovered a new mulberry tree today that we didn't even know we had. I don't think that would have been possible if I'd cleared that driveway like I'd been thinking about, especially if I'd done it in the fall or winter and didn't notice those, well, those mulberry flowers hanging low. They look exactly like the mulberry itself, but in green and then they pollinate. I don't think I would have noticed it if I had just gone with what I thought was right. And by right, I mean what is usually done, what is proper, what other people would do instead of going with the organic spirit of the land. And so I have a very big, heavy responsibility on me right now, and that is for me to sit down and ask myself, how long are you going to go against your spirit so that you can pay the bills? And are you willing to walk on water, to borrow a phrase from another religious community? 
and believe that with enough hard work and enough magic and enough natural processes, will it all be okay? And as terrified as I am to break away from a guaranteed paycheck on something that is literally killing my soul, I don't know that I have a choice. I think if I continue this way, I'm definitely going to be miserable. And if I'm miserable, the podcast is going to suffer. My children are going to suffer. My magic's going to suffer. So I think I've already made the decision. <laughs> but I don't know if you are in a situation, whether it be a relationship or a job or where you're living or what may have you, that is literally eating away every bit of your magical impulse and your natural growth. But if you are, write into me. I sure don't want to feel like the only one out here. And life is just way too damn short. Ugh, of all people, my mother told me a story, God, about 10 years ago. And I'm going to get it wrong, but since we don't speak anymore, what's she going to do about it? And she told me this story about, okay, she heard it from somebody else. But she <laughs> told me a story about uh, a woman who went to Paris and she was on a diet. And everybody else had the butter and the cream and the wine and the cheese and the bread. And she had, you know, a watercress salad. And as she was walking out the door of this beautiful French restaurant, the overhang fell and hit her in the head and she died. And that would be about my luck. <laughs> that would be about my luck. I want the last of my days. I want it to be like my land. I want it to be like my farm. Or that beautiful grandchild of mine who doesn't know yet what it's like to be put in a box. I want to spend all of my time right now on the farm and on my magic and on my growth as a witch, as, you know, a grandma, as a partner, as a friend. And I think every now and again, somebody comes along and tries to test that boundary. And this time I failed. So. This is me revisiting one of my own episodes to tell y'all I should have checked back in on my own damn boundaries because I kind of helped that person or those people get over that gate. Good Lord. I do have professional boundaries and I should have them because everything I do is an extension of who I am as a person and I cannot do something or do work for something that I don't stand for and that I don't agree with. I just can't. And that might mean that I struggle more than the average Joe, but that's okay. I'm going to get back to work on that book that I've been working on and feel good about that book. I feel really positive about it. I'm going to get back to my own podcast. And, you know, we used to do longer podcasts, y'all. And I need to focus back where I think I'm more loved and where things are better altogether. Let's stop talking about me. I've had enough of that. Let's wrap this up with something good and positive. The Science Witch podcast people arrived at my house. Mm -hmm. And we had a wonderful night under the stars and lots of candlelight and wine and oh my gosh, about three different kinds, four different kinds of cheese. And I even got a reading by Angel on the podcast and Inku. It was wonderful. I needed that reading. It was also just really wonderful to meet other podcasters in person and, you know, hug their neck and know them, know their faces. And it was just beautiful. 
So I want to thank them for coming all the way here to the farm. I reckon my only regret is that there wasn't a whole lot in ground yet. We had that late cold snap and it kind of knocked us a little bit into, well, now, uh, this weekend, we're going to be planting everything except for all the salads and the bok choy that are down there. But I did want to say that if any of you out there are considering gardening, but you don't have a lot of space and money is an object, and let's be honest, it's almost regretfully always an object, right? So I have successfully used hay bale gardening, oh God, for about eight years now, and it is wonderful. It's wonderful for space issues if you only have a tiny little bit. It's wonderful. This is one of my favorite things about it. If you have sun in one part of the yard and one part of the day, and then it moves, <laughs> you know what I mean? You've got too many shade trees. We put it on a tarp of some sort, a big hay bale, and it can be drug around your yard. That is wonderful. If you've got anything vining coming out of it, that's going to have to be drugged too. But if you have something simple, this would really work for you. And a lot of folks use blood mill to do this, to cook the hay bale. I've done it, especially if I was late on gardening like I am right now. But the other route is to use natural hardwood ash and your own urine. And the only time that's not cool is if you've been sick, you know. Otherwise, your urine is actually sterile. So this is the old way. It's a nitrogen boost. And I'll try to find a link to something I can throw up there on the podcast so you can go look into this. But once you get it cooking and it gets composted inside that thing, I think the whole process takes about 10 days. And that's from start to finish where it's ready to plant. Once you get it there, it's wonderful. I mean, it's up above a lot of the grubs. It's away from a lot of the rabbit or anything that would try to hurt it. And in the end, at the end of the season, the whole entire hay bale will compost down. So there's literally no loss. I just love doing it. I've tried to fill a planter up before, a big planter, you know, a raised bed with soil, and it cost us hundreds of dollars. This is a way to kind of bypass that. I think hay bales are where we are. They're about $7 a piece, and I can fit at least four plants in that. And uh, one year when we were doing butternut squash, we only had four hay bales and we ended up with 129 butternut squash. So that to me was worth it. You might want to look into that. It's also a way not to injure the ground and to not till, which I'm not a fan of. (laughs) Y'all need to get me started on that one day, but I'll leave it alone for now. I just wanted to share that with y'all in case you wanted to garden, in case you wanted to feel the magic of that, but you don't have a lot of space and you don't have a lot of money. Give it a shot, y'all. You can even grow potatoes in it. It's fantastic. Hit me up with any questions about that. I've been doing a long time. I will be happy to walk you through it. And you know, I know a lot of y'all can't garden or are restricted in some way where you can't experience this, but if you can grow anything, whether it be chives that grow like grass, honey, you know, or tomato. If you can attempt to, there are so many lessons involved in growing, especially witchcraft lessons. Nothing could really be more pagan. So do give it a shot if you haven't done it yet. It's good therapy, y'all, and it's good for the world. So give it a go. 
all right, I need to go work on some uh, professional boundaries today. I need to be in my big witch pants and get her done so I can go back to the life I actually want to have. And it's frightening. But it's what needs to be done so I can be whole and safe and happy. I love y'all. Thanks for listening today. Write in some stories if you want. I'd be happy to read them on air. And last but not least, I want to thank my new patrons over there on Patreon. You are helping keep this podcast going. I couldn't do it without you. So thanks to Candace, Alicia, and Lady Lovely Peace. Thank you so much. What I've been doing over there lately is creating different content. I don't even have it up as an option, but that's what I've been doing. If y'all want to join us, come check us out. All right. Love y'all. Blessed be. Talk to you next time. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.